Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on in this uh, right now is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But uh, we know it's coming. The uh, the colder pneumonia vortex or whatever the hell it is, and it's going to come sweep in, and then uh, it's going to be gone, and then we're going to get back to more normal weather and temperatures coming up later in the week. Uh, that being said, Packers uh, get back into the OTAs and all that kind of stuff coming up next week. In the meantime, our guy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, uh, joining us uh, on the hotline and to talk a little bit more about all of this. Mark, how you doing today, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be with you again. Glad you guys are getting some some good weather out there. Yeah, finally. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's been kind of kind of goofy for sure. So it's uh, finally once we get. Usually, it takes about the third week of June to get consistent warm and heat and all that kind of stuff. But anything this time of year will take. Uh, and I've only had to mow my grass twice, so I'm happy about that. I really don't uh, care. <laughs> so uh here's my question for you given the roster that the packers have uh, attempted to fortify and the players that they have uh i know the biggest the two biggest question marks we have here is one how good is jordan love going to be and whether or not joe barry actually plays an aggressive style of defense but give me your thoughts on this team in this particular division yeah, I mean, I, I think the point about the division is a big one because you look around the rest of the NFC North and, you know, judging by the schedule release and everything that they've done this offseason, it does seem like the league thinks the Lions will be very good. You know, they made a lot of additions both in free agency and, of course, the draft, all the draft capital they had. You know, you look at Chicago and, you know, a similar situation. They had the trade so they can add a lot more players through the draft they had a lot of cap space so they made some free agency additions and then you look to the minnesota vikings and they're in this sort of this weird position where are they coming are they going you know they made the trade this week with the browns and you know they didn't have a ton of draft capital in this draft cycle is this the last year of kirk cousins and so i think when you put this packers roster which i do like when you put this packers roster into the bigger nfc north you know discussion I think this is a roster that can compete. I think this is, as you mentioned, the two big questions are Jordan Love on the offensive side of the ball, and what are we going to see from Joe in this defense on the defensive side of the ball? I like the pieces that are in place. I love the addition of the two tight ends of this draft class. It was a deep tight end class. I really like both of those players who I think will play a big role for this offense and what we expect this offense to look like under Coach LaFleur. But again, you know, I like that fifth round on Tavian Wicks. He was a player that really sort of intrigued me, so I like that addition as well. You know, defensively, Lucas Van Ness, can you get more pressure on the quarterback? That's something that we want to see from this team. You mentioned, you know, can they play with a more aggressive style of defense? That's something that I think the Van Ness pick could sort of give a wink and a nod to. So on the roster, on paper, I do think this is a roster that can compete. But those are two huge questions. We know that. The quarterback, the defense, those are two pretty big questions Green Bay is going to have to answer over the next couple of months. You kind of mentioned uh, a little bit about uh, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Tell me about the Detroit Lions because, uh, you know, the, right now the pick to me is until you knock the Vikings off, the Vikings are the, going to be the best team in the division. They've got an offense that they can get it done. They learned how to win in late comeback games last year. Their defense was the question mark specifically down the stretch. Meanwhile, Detroit is sitting there. And they feel like, hey, the way they ended the season, knocking the Green Bay Packers out of the post, Dan Campbell had them raring, raring to go. The only big loss, and I know it's a big loss, is to lose Jamal Williams, who was kind of that inspirational running back. But where do where does Detroit sit in all of this, in your opinion? 
You know, I think the Detroit Lions are serious contenders in this division. And, you know, I think, as you mentioned, you lose Williams, big part of that offense. But then you added David Montgomery and you add Gibbs via the draft to sort of complementary running backs. Gibbs very much an explosive, bursty type of back. I think they'll probably use a lot in the passing game as well as some of the outside zone, wide zone stuff that they like to do. You know, Montgomery is a perfect complement for that. And then you start looking around, okay, well, they draft a tight end, they draft a linebacker. You know, it feels like it was a draft right out of the, say, 1980s or 1990s, but those were positions of need. And we mentioned that tight end class. It was a, you know, very deep tight end group. And the fact that they added a tight end makes a lot of sense after, you know, some of the moves that they have made prior to that. So I think when you look at this roster, when you look at the pieces that they've added, when you look at how well they not only played last year, but as you said, finished last year, the way this team seems to have completely bought into Dan Campbell. You look at the Lions and you put it all together, that's a team that I think is poised to make a playoff run. And I remember saying last summer that the Lions were going to keep themselves in the conversation. They did that. And I'm expecting big things from Detroit this year. So we saw Tom Pelissero earlier today say the Packers are bringing in a veteran wide receiver and uh, going to work them out. And then there was an article that said, hey, the Packers need a veteran backup quarterback. If you, Because they don't have a lot of money. So if you're Brian Gutekunst and you're looking at this division, you're thinking, okay, look, if my defense plays to what I expect them to play, the offensive line is solid, maybe the second-year guys in the wideouts start to play, it's just a matter of Jordan Love leading us there. Do you invest your money in an additional, say, a veteran wide receiver with this extremely young group? Or do you say, just in case we're contenders in some way, shape, or form in a very weak conference and or weak order, NFC North, would I go after a veteran uh, backup quarterback? Which direction would you go? I think given the, the, you know, what's in both of those respective position rooms right now, given that after Jordan Love, you have Danny Etlin, who, you know, hasn't done too much in his NFL career, and Sean Clifford, who... You know, yes, he had a nice Penn State career, but I, I think it was a surprise when he came off the board as early as he did. I know, you know, a lot of people, myself included, sort of thought that he was more of a, you know, sixth or seventh round pick, maybe an undrafted free agent. So to see him come off the board in the fifth round was a bit of a surprise. I think given that's what's behind Jordan Love, I think I would go the veteran quarterback route. Now, I'm Bill, somebody that's always of the mindset that, QB2 is a very important position on an NFL roster because, you know, if you've got a roster that's built to compete, if you're in a situation where, you know, you're one rolled ankle or twisted knee away from, you know, absolutely tanking the season because you don't have a solid option at QB2, you know, that's something to consider. And so I'm generally of the mindset that when you have an opportunity to address backup quarterback and improve behind your starter, you do it because of the importance of the position, because how quickly seasons can go south if number one goes down. And so, you know, I probably would have said this regardless of what position you put it to. Uh, but again, they've got young, talented wide receivers. I think what we saw from Watson, certainly in the second half of the season makes me think that he's going to have, or is primed to have a big breakout campaign here. So I look so, uh, behind Jordan Love. I would yeah. add a veteran QB. 
Uh, with, with this team, and I, I go back to the defensive side of the unit, I mean, I know there's some question marks with when Rashawn Gary is going to return, when Stokes is going to return, both of which draft choices in the first round. But uh, you're sitting there technically with eight first-round draft choices on this defense, a defense that, depending on what statistic you want to use, was ranked about 17th in the league last year. What does this defense need to be? when you look at them and say they have to support whatever mistakes Jordan Love makes to be a competitive football team, do they need to be a top-10 defense? I think they need to be a top-10 defense in the start of the year as Jordan Love sort of settles into life as an NFL starting quarterback full-time. You know, I, I think as you get into the rest of the season, as you get into the rest of the schedule, you know, Green Bay does have the early bye. If Love is performing as well as, you know, certainly those in Green Bay believe he can, given the decisions that have been made over the past couple of months. But then maybe they don't need to stay in the top 10. But I certainly think out of the gate, like you said, use that word support, right? Put him in the best position possible to be successful. Give him some short fields. You know, get a three and out here and there that, you know, gets that offense back on the field against a defense that might be a little winded. You know, it doesn't have to stay there necessarily if love has the kind of season and has the kind of success that the Packers believe he can. Now, if that's a little bit slower to come along, if, you know, some of these weapons that green Bay seem to rely on these younger receivers and the like don't come together. If the offense doesn't gel in a similar vein to last year, remember the discussions we had about, you know, we expected the defense to sort of carry the way they did it. The offense didn't gel immediately. And we saw the sluggish start. If something like that's replicated, then yes, this defense will need to sort of be a top-10 defense throughout the entire season to put this team in the best position to win. So I think certainly in the first half of the year, that if Love settles in, they don't need to necessarily stay there. But if he struggles, if the offense sputters, then, yeah, the defense is going to have to really pull their weight. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, I, I do got to ask you, I mean, the NFL this year, there's the talk of, you know, flexing Thursday night games. They're selling it to Peacock. They're selling it to Apple. They're sell- I mean, you know, you've obviously got Amazon Prime. Um, how much, how much more dramatically do you see over the next couple of years salary caps going up in the National Football League to where some of these contracts that could end up hampering a team actually will become rather minor when it comes to the full operation of a team? I mean, we're, like you said, you see, you know, the YouTube TV getting the Sunday ticket. You see, you know, NBC paying $110 million to make a, one playoff game a Peacock streaming exclusive. You know, the dollar figures that this league is pulling in with, you know, all the TV rights and the streaming services that they're now putting games on, it, it's why you see teams like the Philadelphia Eagles understand that we can make Jalen Hurts the highest-paid player in the NFL because, you know, and we can sort of structure that contract in a way that the big numbers come at the late end of that deal because we believe that the salary cap is going to explode. You know, we're hearing rumblings today that the Bengals, and not that this is a surprise, but, you know, they're in contract talks with Joe Burrow about an extension. You know, that number is probably going to be very big when it comes out, but Cincinnati probably in a similar vein believes that, yeah, you know, if we back load this a little bit, by the time those, you know, 40, 50, 55, 60 million per numbers start to hit, the salary cap will be massive. And so it won't be this huge portion of our cap invested in one player. And so I think when you see the way the contracts are trending, when you see the kind of deals that are being done, I mean, again, $110 million for one game on a streaming service, the salary cap is going to explode in the next couple of years. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you about the NFC in general. So we know what the NFC North holds. Tell me, because, you know, we all the time say, let's pick the top five in the NFC. We look at San Francisco, and San Francisco still unsure at the quarterback position. We know Dallas should be there. Uh, And then, obviously, there's Philadelphia, the defending NFC champion. Who else in the NFC is a true threat to the top spot? I mean, do you put the New York Giants in there after their run last year? Um, You know, maybe Seattle. Um, It's interesting. You look at that NFC West, and yes, the 49ers have the best roster, but Seahawks might have the most settled quarterback question because, you know, Purdy's hurt, you know, Trey Lance. You know, he's coming off of an injury. They've got Sam Darnold. And, yes, there's some excitement about Sam Darnold in certain corners of, you know, the San Francisco world. But I don't think there's really any idea that he's going to be the guy that wins the job and keeps it. You know, we look at Arizona and Kyler Murray's coming off of a knee injury. The Rams, Stafford had the, you know, spinal contusion. You know, so quarterbacks questions unsettled in that NFC West. You know, the NFC you got maybe Derek Carr and the Saints as a team you look at. But, you know, I really think when all is said and done, you think about the top teams in the, in the NFC, you probably start with, you know, you look at the Vikings, you know, you look at, you know, the Packers, the Lions, two, two other teams I think in that division that can contend. You look at the three playoff teams coming back from the East. And maybe, you know, if Purdy's healthy and ready to go, maybe the Niners. But until that quarterback question is settled – you know, they're a very good roster, a very talented team, and Kyle Shanahan has certainly shown that he can get, you know, an offense humming regardless of who's a quarterback, and so maybe that's the way to look at it. Whoever emerges as the winner, they're going to be a good team because of what they've been able to do offensively in years past with quarterbacks like Garoppolo, like Purdy before he got hurt, like Lance before he got hurt. So, I mean, those are probably the teams to keep in mind when we start talking about who can come out of the NFC next year. Uh, I wanted to ask you Packers schedule wise, because it really is not a juggernaut. Um, You know, so I know everybody around here, the favorite time of year is to pick the wins and losses. Ben thinks they could win a little bit more and surprise some people, maybe get as many as 11. I'm thinking eight to nine, somewhere in there. Give me your thoughts. When you see the Packers schedule come out and you look at it and you go, wow, this is not the juggernaut that uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously is facing in New York. So can Jordan love get off to a, a fast start and get a few wins? You know, I think so. Like you said, when you look around at this schedule, you see some games where, you know, yeah, you got the two road games to sort of start things off. And one of those against Atlanta, a team that we're not sure what we're going to see from. and We're not going to share what we're going to see from Desmond Ritter. You know, yes, they have the early bye, but it breaks up two trips west, Vegas and Denver. You know, two, especially Denver, a tougher place to play, but you get an extra week to get ready for that. You know, adjusting for the altitude, and it wouldn't surprise me if Green Bay – maybe heads out early to get acclimated to the conditions there. You know, so I think that's favorable from that kind of perspective. And you look at the second half of the year, I mean, maybe that toughest stretch is at Detroit, Kansas City, then at the Giants. But then you get two NFC South, you know, teams coming off of that. So I think, yeah, you look at it on paper, you can see this team get 10 wins, maybe 11 wins. But as you said, this is the most hopeful time of the year for any NFL fan because you see the schedule and you can certainly talk yourself into 10 wins, 11 wins if you're a fan of most teams, maybe not all, but most. You know, things can certainly change between now and then. But on paper, it's like you said, it's not the juggernaut that certainly teams in the AFC, AFC East are going to be facing this year. Those AFC East teams, they get, you know, the NFC East teams on their, you know, on their schedule. So, you know, you're like New England, for example, I think they get nine games against playoff teams from a season ago. And so the Packers, 
little bit of an easier road as they look to get back to the playoffs. Hey, real quick before I let you go, and we talked about Detroit, we talked about Minnesota. Tell me a little bit about Chicago in the sense that I still don't know necessarily what to make of Chicago. I know they seemingly have gotten gotten better. You still have Justin Fields who can run. The The passer rating has not necessarily proven itself as of yet, but he's better than what I thought he would be. But you got D.J. Moore, you got Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. You've added the Equinemius St. Brown, Tyler Scott in your fourth round. It, does this team have enough weapons now to support a passing quarterback so he doesn't have to take off and run all the time? And then the next question is, how good will that defense actually be? Yeah, I mean, I think with the additions that they made, you know, around Justin Fields, and certainly I think adding the the right tackle, Donald Wright out of Tennessee was a big addition as well. You know, this offense will be better. I think this offense will, you know, be a little bit more, you know, efficient in the passing game. I think the question is, can this offense be explosive in the passing game, or you know, is the explosive plays that they create is that going to be generated through the run game? you know, through screens, short passes, and obviously Justin Fields and what he can do with his legs. I think the potential is there, but this is a critical year for Justin Fields. This is year three. This is when you hope that young quarterback takes the step forward. You know, what we saw with Josh Allen, what we saw last year with Hurts, that's what this organization is hoping to see from Justin Fields over the next couple of months. And so I think that's a big question. You know, the defense, you know, yes, they've made some additions, but I, I still think that this defense, while good, you know, particularly with what they've added at the linebacker level with Edwards and Edmonds, it will take a step forward. But it's sort of, again, how good can this defense be as the offense sort of starts to figure it out? So I like a lot of the, the additions that they've made. It's just a question of, okay, will the additions add up to what the Bears are hoping to see? Or is it, again, going to sort of sputter, be slow, rely more on Justin Fields as an athlete? And you don't take the steps on both sides of the ball that you wanted to see when you made these additions in, the, in March and April. Mark, always great to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it. We look forward to another great football season, but we got to get through the uh, the doldrums right now until we finally get back into training camp, and then we'll chat again. Appreciate it, pal, okay? Sounds great, my friend. Take care. Be well. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and giving us a little bit of a breakdown. And I... I just keep thinking to myself, you know, I still think Minnesota is the best team in the division. I think Minnesota has all the weapons to be able to excel. Do they have the defense to support them? I don't think Detroit's as good offensively as Minnesota, but I think overall they might be a better team than what Minnesota has. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the second-year head coach does in Minnesota and obviously what Dan Campbell does over there in Detroit. Uh, the X factor in all of this could be Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. How much have the Bears excelled? I, I'm not going to say the division's up for grabs, but it's probably the closest contested division that we've seen, NFC Northwise, in a long time. And how much does that bode well for the Packers? In a time of transition, how much optimism should you have as a Packers fan in this time of transition? It's 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 all fascinating to me. And uh, it's like part of me is, you know me, I, I love summertime. I love warm weather. I love, you know, motorcycles and boating and golfing and everything else that goes along with it. But it's like I can't get to football season fast enough because I just want to see how this whole thing is going to play out. It's given us a long, long time to be able to uh, to kind of break things down and talk about it. So, hey, speaking of breaking things down, 
They had a tremendous weekend at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. You know why? Because they continue to give away tickets to things like Brewers games. Obviously, once the Badgers start up, they'll have Badgers tickets. They have uh, Admirals postseason hockey tickets to give away. They are always doing something great out there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. The home of the pig porker sandwich, but also it's meat raffles and charity events and things that they do right there in the lake. Not to mention, you just go sit outside. You get you know you get your food, you get your beer. You're watching, you know, the boats come in and out right there in front of you. It's just a very peaceful, wonderful setting. And they've got TVs everywhere so you can catch all the games. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Lakeview Boulevard, to be exact, out in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Stop in, tell Ryan and his whole staff. We said hi. Really appreciate them being a part of the program. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. appreciate it. Bill Michael show continues on. Um, the, uh, uh, this is from Jack and Jack brings up a point. He says, uh, the closer we get to the beginning of training camp, the more anticipation and more hope that we have as Packers fans, no matter what the circumstance or situation that the green Bay Packers have put themselves in, we always have this unending hope that this team will then win the division and move on to a Super Bowl. I still think it's Super Bowl or bust, although I think it's realistic uh, expectations to just maybe he has in, in capital letters get to a wild card and get some postseason experience with the new quarterback. Uh, do you think fans are starting to get out over their skis? And that's from Jack. Jack, appreciate the email. Um, Maybe. My, my, my gut wants to say yes. Because I think that we've gone through a lot of the numbers. Ben's brought it up. I brought it up. If you look at the numbers and where this team was last year, if it's exactly the same out of the quarterback position, what changes, what gets better to make this team a win or two better? Because if if Jordan Love gives you the numbers that Rodgers gave you last year, that wasn't good enough to put you in the postseason. It was good enough to keep your interest to the end of the season. Uh, now, schedule-wise, it does play out to be a little more favorable. But I don't want to say you're getting out over your skis, but my gut would say, yes, you are getting out over your skis. I I, I still, a, a nine or eight win season is not going to give you the postseason. And if if I'm sitting here today, as I did the other day, and said, okay, let's look at the schedule, go through it, nine wins, give or take, maybe one or two, if you're lucky. Okay, then that's not putting you in the postseason. Seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. You're not you're not going to a wild card game. You're sitting at home. If it's that good and that comparable, let's say it's worse. The and as Mark Schofield said, look, they have to play top ten early on defensively to to even be competitive to allow Jordan Love to be able to make some mistakes. You can't expect him to have the same touchdown-to-interception ratio as Aaron Rodgers career-wise has given us 
over the last, you know, decade and a half. You would assume mistakes are going to come, and they're probably going to come fast and furious at times. So all that being said, Jack, I, 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 I want to be the eternal optimist and the promoter of positivity. And you know why? For two reasons. One, because I want to believe it myself. I really want to see the Packers succeed. But the other aspect of that is it's good for business. Where there's hope, there's an absorption of information. Where there is no hope, people shut down and move on to other things. I don't want that to happen. But the realist in me says seven, eight, nine wins. Look for optimism. We're not going to be reduced to Bears fans that get excited over a loss on the continuum because eventually you got to win, and winning is expected in Green Bay. It just is. And until you go through two, three, four, five years consecutively of you, of losing, you don't lower your expectations as a Packers fan. You never, for those that were alive to see it or remember it, you never want to see the mid-portion of the 70s play out through the early portion of the 90s for that 15, 16 years of, of ineptitude. You don't want to see it. There was some good football in there, don't get me wrong, and uh, just a couple of playoff appearances. But for the most part, it wasn't dominating football. You were just another team suiting up on a Sunday. That was it. Everybody knows it. So it's a great question. It's a great ask. But I, I've i always tried to keep it real, and I just I think if you think that this team's playoff bound, I think you're, you're fooling yourself. Or you're praying that it is, and your optimism and your hope is overtaking your mind and mental state. Doesn't mean it can't happen. I'm just simply saying if I'm going to be a betting man – you, I look at things via gut and say, if I'm going to go into to Vegas today and I've got my house and I'm, I'm going to take, you know, a hundred grand out of my house and I'm going to put it down on what? The Packers to do what? Get to the postseason or not get to the postseason? I think the majority of my money is going on not getting to the postseason. That's, again, that's just my thought. That's my gut. I hope it's not true, but that's just my gut. So I always kind of look, you know, when I start to get really high on something and I start to get optimistic and I always think to myself, would you bet on that? And nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that. So, but I think also what we're looking for is progress, progression. We're looking for Jordan Love maybe to be better, at least myself, to be better than what I expect. I know where my expectation. I, I I know what my 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 preconceived notion is. I'm hoping for better. And if you've listened to this program, I've never been high on Jordan Love, so I'm hoping for better. I'm hoping Jordan Love is able one day, when I walk into the locker room, he points a finger at me and says, "Ha, ah, f you," and I'd be like, "You know what? Bring it. I'm good. Nice job. No problem. I'm just giving you my honest opinion." Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, Thomas says if they get eight or nine wins, that will be a success. Gary wants to know uh, over and under 15 picks for Jordan Love in his first season. Oh, that's a, that's a, boy, that's a great line. 
I'm going to say under, but maybe by one or two at the at the most, at the most. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I mentioned it earlier today. Uh, tonight, hopefully that pneumonia front doesn't fly through here too soon. Uh, we had great steaks and burgers from Robert's Specialty Meats the other day. The half-pound burgers were just out of this world, and I've been drooling for them ever since. So that's what's on the docket tonight. Little Brewers baseball, a couple of burgers from Robert's Specialty Meats, a little bit of the fixins. I got the pickle. I got the cheese. I got really good cheese down there, too. Cheese from Robert's. I got a little bit of the pasta salad because I'm trying to still watch what I eat, uh, and I'm doing pretty well. I'll tell you about that later. But things are really good, so I'm thinking that's tonight's uh, that's on tonight's meal. And uh, get a little work done around the house, eat a little bit, watch TV, watch some sports, uh, continue to walk around, get a few things done. But you can't go wrong with Robert's Specialty Meats, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That's Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Paul and his family are awesome people, farmers here in Wisconsin, and his butcher shop is just your hometown butcher. That's all he wants to be. Sunset Drive in Waukesha. That's Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. I'm here to tell you that uh, I had a great conversation with uh, our girl Barb over there at the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pine Mountain that has Timberstone uh, Ski and Golf Resort up there in Iron Mountain, Michigan. And a great conversation. And they are uh, they uh, have a new ownership, new general managers or manager, and they are just uh, – it's unbelievable when you get new people that come in with better ideas, bigger and better is what they want to be. They are looking for good people. And they want to become one of these destinational places that you want to work for. Um, So they have upped their benefits. They have also given their employees the passes basically to the properties, whether it's playing golf, whether it's skiing in the wintertime, the uh, amenities that they have. Because you're up in the Northwoods. There's only so many places to live and so many places to go. So they said, hey, look, we want to make it a great destination for people uh, that want jobs but want fun jobs, want to be treated like part of a family, and they want you to come up and enjoy yourself. So uh, if you are looking right now uh, for a a terrific summer job, if you're looking for a a long-term job, uh, they're hiring, and they want to make it great. Uh, They want to be a destination place for uh, employees that want to feel like they're part of something that's good, growing, and family. Uh, so that's their big message right now. Not to mention, I may have always said it's a great place to go. The lore of the the old mob days and such and what went on at the Four Seasons Island Resort with the golfing and the pontoons and kayaking and fishing and the ATV and the UTV trails, no better place to go. Then there's Pine Mountain that has a championship golf course, the ski resort, and a great place in the UP, and it's got Famer's Bar in it, and Famer's Bar has, you know, it's a big thing to Mariucci and Tom Izzo and, you know, those famous guys that came from that area. So two great places, one phone number for everything. Call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. And if you say, hey, Barb, I heard it on the Bill Michaels show, you get 15% off of your stay. And if you put in a promo code, Bill Michaels 15 uh, on the website, 
you get 15% off. So, so many reasons to get a hold of them, and it's a great one-tank trip. Just a one-tank, relaxing, get-into-the-Northwoods getaway. It's just beautiful up there. Again, the Four Seasons Island Resort and Pine Mountain uh, over there with Timberstone Ski and Golf Resort. Use the promo code BillMichaels15, and you're good to go. Good to go. Um, th- this Ben, this has brought up the question. If uh, the Green Bay Packers do not play well this year, are you then in on the Caleb Williams, uh, you know, bandwagon come next season? Or do you say spend money on a wide receiver, a veteran wide, rec- wide receiver, or a quarterback, a backup quarterback at this point? So uh, I think there's a lot of directions that people are going right now. If the season's great, wonderful, you got to spend the money on, is it a backup quarterback in case Jordan loves a real deal and he goes down? or a wide receiver to help the young guys kind of get acclimated to what it's like for life in the NFL? That's the first question. And then, if this season starts to go bad, you'd hate to say tank, because I can't even imagine putting the words tank and Packers together. But do you look in that direction and say, if Jordan Love is not the real deal, do you then bail on the one-year story and go after Caleb Williams? If indeed he ends up, you would assume he's going to end up as uh, one of the top draft choices in next year's draft. Do you do that, or do you continue to try to work hard and try to develop and try to figure out whatever ineptitude Jordan Love has? There's a lot to, lot to nosh on there, man. Well, I would be a massive hypocrite if I told them to tank after calling the Sixers process a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Not to mention, I mean, right. Brian Gutekinds gets fired, LaFleur gets fired. You right. know, the decision makers would not allow that to happen. But, yeah, if you're in the ballpark of Caleb, it's because things went poorly. And 100% I want him. See, I I look at it this way. And I know that's been part of the discussion in the live stream and two people emailed me this. But I look at it as if you're going to have your own, if, if things don't go well, you're probably going to have a top 15, top 10 draft pick somewhere in there anyway you look over the fence to see what the Jets offer because you've got to assume that the Jets are going to have a first-round draft choice that, are, that you're going to end up getting because you would just, unless Rodgers goes down with some kind of a debilitating injury, you got to assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback all season long. So you have the ability to trade up anyway. So I, I'm... I'm kind of like I don't. I'm not tanking for anybody. That to me, that's not a part of the discussion. Some people may think that way, but to me, no, because you're already going to have most likely two first round draft choices or a first and two second round draft choices that you can go after if you de- you feel like you need to go after a a franchise, what you would believe to be a franchise quarterback. So that's out of the question for me. Now the question moves over to, do I want to spend money on a wideout or a backup? I, to me, I think what you have right now, if you find a guy that is intelligent and can teach in the NFL, I would go after a wideout, a veteran wide receiver, to help school and bring along the younger guys. Backup quarterback, it's a moot point after that. It, you know, you just go with what you got and you hope that you're, you know, you hope that you're, you're stable of 
whatever talent you have assembled is worthy of at least maybe winning a few games, whatever. But to me, I, I, I would I would bring in a veteran wide receiver. No, I'm not Gary. I'm not bringing in Sammy Watkins. No. But Sammy Watkins, you wonder how serviceable he would have been had he not been already kind of that veteran set in his ways and been challenged by the, the mental savant that was Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Where he just ran the route. He ran the route the way it was supposed to be run. I mean, even Randall Cobb had a moment that Aaron Rodgers outthought him. Alan Lazard had a moment last year where Aaron Rodgers outthought him. You know, I still think of that play. Uh, it was a it was a pass off uh, to the to the left hand side, and Rodgers threw it for an interception. Lazard saw the zone. He sat. He turned around and sat in the zone in the open area of the zone. And Rodgers just assumed because he had an extra five yards, he was going to keep going and overthrew him. Ultimately, you know, it was it was a pick. But but Lazard did the right thing. Cobb did the right thing. Rodgers outthought the situation. You're not going to get that from Jordan Love. So, uh, Sammy Watkins this year might have made more sense because he's just running the basics and knows it. He's more about technique and getting open and figuring things out than he is about being on the mental same page with Aaron Rodgers because that garbage is now gone. 877-867-1670, I think it's it's an interesting conundrum. It really is. Very interesting conundrum. Uh, by the way, Matt Schneidman says uh, we've got Rich Basaccia, Joe Barry, and Adam Stenovich all coming up today. Uh, they're going to hit the podium for the first time this offseason. So some interesting conversations. We hope to get some of them. We hope to get some of them. Real quick, let's go to Carl listening to us in Cumberland. Carl, how you doing today, man? What's happening? Carl! Do you have me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, I have a Packer chat with my family and friends and stuff, so we hash this over, too. But I'm wondering, you know, I don't know that we can tank because what if we do, does that mean, like, a lot of our, um, you know, coach Goody's gone? Uh, do they get mm-hmm. two years? If if we if we uh, stink it up, or is love is this a one year experiment and then uh, we're cleaning house? So just wonder what your thoughts are on that. No, I appreciate the phone call. I look at it as if you end up having to tank this season, you depending on how the season goes. Now, if it's considered tanking because you've been just riddled, uh, you know, historically with injury, and you are one of the top five most injured teams in the NFL this year. That's one thing, uh, because you can just understand it. You know, if you just you, you're depleted, you don't have the money to go out and buy a bunch of other guys that may be out there. You're just it is what it is. Then that's one thing. But if you're tanking because, let's just say your quarterback stinks, um, your defense is just not good. You have spent a lot of uh, investment and in picks and such in the first round on some of these guys, and nothing's panning out. Well, then it's a little bit different story. Then, yeah, you're probably between the Joe Barry hanging on to him aspect and maybe the offense isn't working and it just doesn't work. You find out that it wasn't Matt LaFleur in the offense. It was really Aaron Rodgers and what he did, which was spectacular. And in the actual running of the offense, Jordan Love stinks, LaFleur stinks. You know, yeah, then you're going to be talking about a house cleaning. Then you're going to be talking about guys losing their jobs. 
But it, it all becomes the circumstances to how you get from point A to point B as to whether or not you make significant moves, smaller moves, or no moves at all. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Coming up tomorrow night, Admirals Hockey taking on Texas. Series tied at one game apiece right now. And, uh, man, knock on wood that the Admirals can get another another win. Steal one down there, come back home, close that thing out would be fantastic. Fantastic. Admirals Hockey cranking it up in the postseason. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. I'll tell you this. Uh, I just was, uh, as a matter of fact, I was just shooting shooting Wojo, who was, uh, works with the Admirals. I was just shooting him a text during the commercial break saying, hey, if they make it to the finals, we got to do something. We got to do something for the finals. We got to get down there. We got to go do the show down there, get a get a group of people together, something like that. We'll work something out, but we we got to support the, you know, the Admirals. That's that's just such a good entity here in the state of Wisconsin. And uh they well, they get good crowds for for hockey, don't get me wrong, but we got to get them. We got to get cranked up. Got to get some Admirals hockey on. 877-867-1670 877-867 1670. Um, this is from Jason who says, Hey, Bill, what are your thoughts on Ritz Basaccia? Do you think he is head coaching material? Getting way ahead of myself, but down the road, if LaFleur doesn't work out, would you go with Rich? Great question. Um, uh, let me say this. I wish nothing but the best for the Packers, but if I'd have to Cut Matt LaFleur loose. I like Rich because he's kind of a player's coach, but yet he's a no-nonsense, old-school type of guy. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I I could see that. I could see them going with Rich Passaccia. The problem is that you are doing it with a really young quarterback. So are you bringing in, uh, uh, you know, a young younger or quarterback-driven head coach to work with your quarterback and offense? Or does Rich Basaccia then say, no, I'll bring in somebody who's going to work with and be the offensive coordinator and run the offense? You know what I mean? Uh, where he would not be the play caller, it would be basically he'd be handing the offense over. Um, that's a great question, though. How you I, I, I will say this. For all intents and purposes and for what everybody observed, Rich had the respect of everybody in that locker room. So if I were to say I'm going to go in a direction, would Rich Passaccia be one of my top candidates? Yeah. Unless, of course, you just you want to blow everybody out. If you're starting over with a new quarterback. and See, here's the thing. You're not in a rebuild. You, you, the only thing you've really changed is – over the last couple of years, you've added younger talent to your wide receiving core. You've changed quarterbacks, and that's kind of it. It's Otherwise, it's just business as usual. You know, a couple of the veterans are gone, a couple new guys coming in. You hope that you've chosen right. You know, if once the money breaks next year, 
you start to you, you start to be able to fortify your team a little bit better for the next year or two. You know, it's it's kind of business as usual now in Green Bay because you don't have the specter of mass money hanging over your head. So I I can't imagine you're you're blowing everybody out and starting over. It's a rebuild. No, it's not a rebuild. I don't think so. I mean, some people do. Some people say, hey, look, you got rid of Devontae, you got rid of Mercedes, you got rid of Randall, you got rid of Lazard, you got rid of Aaron Rodgers, you got rid of Mason Crosby, you got rid of all these veterans. It is a rebuild. Well, to me, it's not. You know, to me, it's not. You still have solid players defensively. You still got a veteran offensive line. Yeah, you're going to miss some pieces down the road. Some veterans are coming to the end of their career, but it's not a mass makeover, I guess. But some people are going to label it a rebuild. Some will just say it's a reload or retool or whatever. But, yeah, he could become the next head coach. I would not doubt that at all. Would not doubt that at all. 877-867-1670. Another hour of the program yet to go. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. Whole lot more happening. Whole lot more happening. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next.